Welcome back to Recorded Conversations, the podcast that's dedicated to compassionately considering all perspectives while engaging in authentic, connected dialogue. I'm Danielle Kingstrom. for joining me. I'm so excited for this. Me too. Um, Are you ready to go? Yeah, yeah. And how much time do I have with you this evening, Kyle? um, My evening's free. Awesome, awesome. (laughs) Cool, cool. Well, um, I just wanted to say I've really been appreciating um, a lot of your messages that you've been sharing lately. You've still been, since the last time you were on the podcast, you're kind of still going on kind of the main vein and encouraging people to understand that all they really need is themselves. If I can get down to like the fundamental of your message and you are uh, sharing a popular message with so many people who are going through deconstruction and questioning their faith and challenging their beliefs. And I just wanted to kind of um, give the audience a little reminder of who you are, Kyle, and kind of what your background is and why you're on this throw the baby out with the bathwater <laughs> kind of message. <laughs> I love, by the way, and it really made me go, oh, shit. Okay. So you have a background where once you were for Jesus. So right. let's start there, Mr. Kyle Butler, if you would. Yeah, not only was I for Jesus, I was all of the prototypical um, fanatical Christian types, on fire for God, sold out for Jesus, dedicated, committed, um, God first, Jesus first, this is my life, this is who I am. Um, I don't leave the house without talking to God. If I do, I felt, you know, I I believe that fell for that day. Um, You know, definitely didn't go two or three days without reading the Bible. I was, I was a pastor, so of course that developed a whole nother level of commitment and faithfulness and dedication and all that kind of stuff. So, and I wasn't the prototypical church going Christian that just kind of goes and raises their hands and says the occasional hallelujah or amen. I was in it, it was my life, it was my everything. It was who I, it was my whole identity, it was my whole purpose. I, I came to the point of even thinking that this is why I'm here. This is the one purpose I was created for, to do this. Um, so, so that's how deep it went for me. And so then you have since left it all and you are more uh, geared at just encouraging people to question their own beliefs and this concept of throwing Jesus out. I mean, when I, when I heard those words, I was like, well, isn't there like, you know, some benefit of having a model but you spoke to that very idea that that, you know, typical argument that comes out like, well, you need a model. And you're like, well, what's wrong with you being the model? So right. what brought you to that? Like, where are you? You don't think people need a model? No, I, I don't. Um, <clears throat> I was 
I'm going to use the word misled. And, and this is not an attack against the people who, who taught, trained me. So this is, you know, my mother, my mother, who I love dearly, respect dearly. This is uh, a pastor who um, I looked up to as a father figure most of his life and in our time together throughout those years growing up as a child. This was people I looked at in my church with great respect and honored and, and, and you know, really listened to. Um, but I was, I, was, I was horribly misled. Uh, probably like a lot of people are, but they may not realize it perhaps, is I was misled to believe that I didn't matter, that what, my, what I wanted to do with my life didn't matter, that I was weak, incapable. I was, of course, wicked and sinful. Um, my thoughts were bad. My ideals were bad. Everything about me was bad. And well, but the but, but in reality, I always thought I was a good person. <laughs> so I always had this conflict of this this person who had these dreams, goals, desires, and ambitions about his life, the, what he saw at eight years old in himself, and this other person who felt like well. This is the calling on my life, you know, air quotes. I got to do this. So I just felt like I was incredibly misled to believe that I couldn't pursue my life. I couldn't pursue who I was. I couldn't believe in myself and trust myself. And so that's one, one very strong reason why I don't believe people need a model as far as you have to have one. And I think that whether it's religiously or societally, it's kind of almost... Um, you know, everyone kind of almost loses themselves. Um, and, and I think that's the issue at hand, whether it's in religion or in society itself. Yeah. And that, that, um, I see that, uh, tangled in a lot of your messages too. And that, you know, that's something that I also recognized was missing from a lot of different religious and spiritual components of Christianity was what about me? Like everything's for God. Jesus is the greatest. And, and I couldn't help but remember things like at the end of some gospel where, you know, well, you're going to go on and do these things too. I'm like, well, why don't we focus on that part? Like, aren't we supposed to be like Jesus and that we'll all see that we're great. And you come to this, I came to it realizing that, yeah, the power is within the self is what's important. And Jesus was crucified because he was telling everyone he was God. Like he was saying, I am God. That's, that's what we were supposed to pick up from. I am God, me, not Jesus, me. And it just went to, no, we need this mimetic model. And this is the only person that is good. And if you don't act like Jesus, then you're a bad person. And now what I see happening, and this is kind of a little segue just to, to some current issues, because it just, it, it picks on this idea is we also need our politicians and our elected officials and our MSM commentators to also model Jesus and be like Jesus. And beyond that, they're even greater than that. And there are saviors and it's, we're always looking outside of the self for the savior, the rescuer, the person that's going to pull me out of whatever chaos I'm experiencing because I can't do it myself. Right. Yeah. 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 And so you're over here like, no, 
I, I saw one of your videos recently where you were like, since I left all of this garbage, I like my life and I like me and I'm happy. And I think that's one of the false concepts of religion is that it's like going to provide you with this little, here's a construct of happiness and just adhere to this and you shall be happy. And if you're not happy or you're questioning, like, why am I depressed? You're not doing it right. Right, and instead right. of us just trying to figure out like, what is the self leading me to do? Right. And so for you, you discovered that like, well, I always thought I was a pretty decent person because I treat people like, you know, how I want to be treated. Right. And that's just a natural thing. We don't need to attach Jesus and the golden rule to it. Right. Just kind of how children operate. And if we maintain right. that childlike behavior, mm-hmm. which Jesus touches on, obviously, but, you know, being a parent or uh, being around children will let you understand that basic concept of how <laughs> right. truly like wonderful and kind hearted, like humans were meant to be. And Absolutely. it's all of these other messages that kind of distort it. So you, you get a lot of flack. So when someone wants to cling to this idea of Jesus and Christianity, like what are your stronghold, like just conversations that you have with people that kind of help them go, Oh, you know, and pull them out of that religious rhetoric that they're supposed to use to defend their Jesus. How do you, how do you confront that? Cause it, it makes people hostile too, on top of it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, most people, I think I, I came to this conclusion a long time ago. I have a very dear friend who uh, I, I talk to quite often and we would have these conversations over the years as I was continually deconstructing, so to speak, away from the narratives and I would bring these narratives back to her and say, this can't be true because of this. It makes no sense. And da, 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 da. <clears throat> and, um, and sometimes she would give me kickback. And I realized that her kickback and most people's kickback was only, you know, primarily based on the church rhetoric they had heard all of their lives. She and most people that would give this type of kickback had never really studied the Bible, didn't really know the stories, didn't really know context, metaphor, uh, analytical, uh, not analytical, but um, allegory and parable. They didn't, they didn't know these Bible stories and had never studied it. Most of these people don't even know how the Bible came into existence. So I realized that the kickback for most people was just church rhetoric, what they heard in church. So if they heard a certain thing in church all of their life, they would kick back and say, that can't be true because God is a good God all the time. <laughs> you know. And I would say, okay, well, if that's true, then how do we explain this? You know, and it would lead, it would lead them to start to think a little bit more. So when a person is ready or willing rather to actually think about the narratives. I think the only thing I try to do is I I just, I don't want you to agree with me. You may not go as far as I've gone. I'm okay with that. We're not here for agreement with me. I would like for you to be honest about the narratives. And I tell people all the time, you can love Jesus. You can hold on to Jesus. You can believe in the Christian version of God, as I call it, you can do all those things. No one's telling you you can't. I'm not even going to tell you you shouldn't necessarily. But what I will say is, let's be honest about the narratives. Let's say this narrative is toxic. This narrative is no good, but I still love Jesus. 
at least do that. And I think that's when you can start doing that, you're on your way to being more honest about who you are versus what these narratives say about you. Yeah, I agree with that. It's like we, I got to a point where I kind of like kept Jesus around as like a security blanket, you Mm -hmm. know, and I would like, like, I would, I would, I would take Jesus with me, but then I got to a point where I was like, I noticed too, that like, well, I would feel guilty if I didn't call on Jesus or if I didn't praise Jesus or if I didn't give (laughs) thanks to God. And then I'm like, oh my gosh, does that make me a horrible person? But then at the same time, I've come to this idea of, okay, so God's in this, this whole mental monologue that I have all of the time. So like it, sure. If you want to be overtly articulate, express it, verbalize it, go put it on Facebook, whatever. But like God's already kind of in here, here in all of this. And so, you know, it's your thoughts that I think kind of more speak to like what your beliefs are, mm-hmm. but we have this crazy juxtaposition of thinking that what you think you have to believe, right? right? Exactly. And that is really what gets us caught up in then feeling like we have to defend certain programs or narratives right. or dogma or religion or labels of any kind. We have to defend all these labels because right. we've attached them to ourselves. That is, I think what I got caught up in the most is thinking I had to believe what I thought and right. making sure that someone else also thought and believed what I did and like having to go, is this good? Do you agree? Can you validate my thoughts and my beliefs? And yeah. and then that gets us into more division if we don't. And it's about agreement. Right. And that's not the kind of agreements we should be making, right? Like we should be right. making different agreements with the self, with maybe affirming statements, I am statements and recognizing I am and all of that. So mm-hmm. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I, um, I also like one of your messages um, about time alone. And I think it was um, speaking to like emotional wounds and time heals all wounds. And you were speaking to this idea of yeah, physically time heals wounds, but we get locked in this kind of trauma thing. Right. And trauma is a buzzword. And I see, you know, this is just my perception, but I see a lot of people kind of really cling to trauma and it's like, they don't want to heal those trauma wounds because it's cool to be the victim. And it's, it's feels good to get pity And I'm wondering, like, what are you, what are you seeing on this kind of perception of people? And what do you think is that influencing agent of us victimizing ourselves and clinging to that trauma? And then just a follow-up for that. And then after what you perceive, what's your response to like, how do I heal from it? Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think there is some element with some people that don't want to let go of their trauma because of the certain level of, you know, acknowledgement that they get because of it. Um, and I, I just recently realized that, see, well, let me back up a little bit. I didn't know much about trauma, especially my own trauma. I didn't, I didn't recognize the, the internal childhood traumas and things that I had gone through because I was a suppressor when things happened, and I decided this early on in life as a little boy, when things happened, I'm just gonna push it down. And I don't even know when I came to that conclusion, but I just, that decision, I just decided to to suppress, suppress, suppress. But what I learned over the past two years, when life brought me to a place where I needed an answer, 
And instinctively, I knew that I had the answer, that only I can show me what had happened, what transpired, how I got here. I, I instinctively knew that I was the only one, the me in me was the only one that would, can show me. So I decided to take this journey within me and let me show me. And it started with some obvious things. You don't want to do this anymore. You don't want to be this anymore, yada, yada, yada. And then it began to show me why. And it revealed a trauma after a trauma after a trauma after a trauma. And as all these were coming up, here comes the pain with it. Here comes the anger with it. Here comes the, the confusion with it. Here comes all of these things that you know each one of these traumas represented. And I had to sit with each one of those and I had to talk about each one of those over and over and over again, sometimes with the people involved, sometimes with people not involved, but just whoever would listen. And I would talk about it and the anger would come out and the tears would flow and the, the hurt would come out. And instinctively, I knew that this is what I needed. I needed to talk and talk and talk and talk and keep talking and keep talking. And I just kind of knew that eventually bring me to a place where I can talk about it without feeling the pain of it anymore. So as those things started happening, um, I started understanding this whole trauma thing. And then I came to the, as I started to heal from them, I also realized that I wanted to be angry about it and what happened in my life and these things that have happened. I wanted to be angry at the people who gave me bad information or the people who were part of these traumas. I wanted to be angry because that anger made me feel validated. It, it made me feel like you have a right to be this way and this anger proves it. But then I realized that as long as I was angry, I was just holding on to that past event and I didn't want to let it go. So, you know, I, I think maybe that's it, but sometimes with people, we don't realize that the, the, the anger aspect or the, the, the wanting maybe attention aspect of it is only prolonging the healing. And once we, because I think that, you know, anger, frustration, all of these emotions are messengers and they come at the moment and they have a message. And if we can get the message, and let the message be revealed and, and, and work through it all, then the anger leaves, the pain leaves, whatever it is, it leaves. And, and then we're, we're back to a place of more wholeness. Um, so, so that's what I discovered with it. And I would tell people, it's okay to be angry. It's okay to be hurt. It's okay to have these feelings and emotions. They're just not supposed to be lifelong companions about situations. So feel it, process it, however long you need it, but know that at some point you got to let it go. Oh my God. I love that. Your emotions are not your companions. Right. That's, that's good. You know, and so I have to ask, you wanted to be angry about things before you allowed yourself to get angry. Were you kind of in this mindset where like you weren't allowed to be angry or yeah. you feared anger or you thought anger is sinful and only bad people have anger. And you, that's why you like really needed that anger to get it out. Yeah. Cause growing up in the environment, I grew up in everything is Jesus. Everything is God. Everything is prayer. Everything is, is hallelujah. Anyhow, which was a big slogan in our church world. 
So you, you weren't supposed to feel anything. You weren't supposed to have emotions. It was no matter what state I'm in, I've learned to be content no matter where I am or what's going on. So it was that kind of uh, environment I grew up in where you had to keep that smile. And I remember as a pastor feeling as if I can't be authentically real. I can't come to church hurt. I can't reveal frustration. I have to keep this smile on my face and this attitude that all is well, because if I show weakness, if I show pain, if I show anger, the people are going to see it and they're going to think it's okay to do that. Gosh. So it, yeah, it, like shame on us. Right. <laughs> I just have to say, and like, that is, it, that is so contradictory, right? Jesus. I mean, in the church environment, Jesus is revealed as like this vulnerable, like sensational, like touch relatable kind of guy, like showing you how to be authentic and uh, someone speaking of his word and his, 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 his tenants is faking it until he makes it like, yeah. that's yeah. crazy. That's yeah, crazy. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So like you, I, okay. So when I think about that, you know, and I didn't, I didn't have that situation, right? Like I (laughs) had angry parents, they, you know, (laughs) they weren't hiding their anger from anyone. And I came to a point where like, I was like, why don't you try not being angry? Right. That was my change. And like, maybe you don't. So I think it's, I think that speaks just a lot to like, when we see people going through their phases and kind of working on some of their Mm -hmm. stuff, going through their little um, transitions and transformations. That's key to remember is sometimes we have to liberate ourselves to experience the emotions that we have Uh suppressed for so long Uh and to just kind of like feel them and, and feel authentic about them and not feel like, I'm a bad person for doing this. And, you know, cause a lot of people around you too, are going to see that this is, that's not Kyle. Kyle's right. angry. Kyle's, Kyle's never angry. Right. right? But, right so then it's right. like, you have to kind of ask that, that, that unit too. like, you need to hold on for me because I have to go through this. Right. And they're going, who the hell are you? And you're like, that's what I'm trying to figure out, yeah. you know? And so that yeah. can be really volatile and difficult for a lot of people, but in the, in, in, on the other hand, it's like, if you're going through it, like know that it's normal and, and like, that's a good thing for you to do. But like you said, to just not make that your companion, don't get too comfortable in it. Don't make your trauma, your identity. Right. Right. Yeah. And I think everyone has trauma of some kind. And I know I, I saw something once and it maybe it triggered me at the time because I just thought it was an insensitive comment coming from a pastor uh, he was kind of berating the idea that, you know, some people are calling trauma just to be using it as a, as a, as a, you know, phrase. And, and I said, you know, I, I just think that that's very insensitive of you to say that because you can't call, you, you can't determine what is trauma to another person, you know? And I think that, um, you know, that's, that's where he was just incredibly insensitive about the word, Maybe he's never experienced trauma or hasn't realized the traumas inside of him. And he just is, you know, frustrated thinking that everyone is not hallelujah anyhow. And that's a typical church response to pain, depression, and all those real elements that people are really, really dealing with on a daily basis. Even Christians, I thought it was incredibly, I was always incredibly incredibly confused when I would learn of pastors who would commit suicide. And I would think, how could they? They have the Holy Ghost. They have the Holy Spirit. How could they do that? Because 
Yeah, I was raised in an environment with the Holy Spirit. All you, all you have to do is get on your knees and pray in the Spirit. That's the answer. The Holy Spirit will take over and it'll talk and it'll, it'll get to the answer. Da, 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 da. And I would be confused as to how they could do that. But you, you suppress and suppress and suppress and suppress and they don't go anywhere. They don't disappear. They're, they're still there. And at some point through your day, through your week, through your month, those suppressed feelings are coming up and you don't know why you go through these moments of depression. I had done this throughout most of my adult life. I had these moments. I just thought I was blah. I just call it, I'm, I'm having a blah moment, but it was actually depression. I was, I was depressed being smiling all the time, positive all the time, happy all the time on the outside, but inside there was a great deal of depression. And it was through the last two years that I recognized it and realized that I need to deal with this because I don't want to live the rest of my life like this, dipping out of life, you know, secluding myself, not wanting to be involved in things. So that's another reason why I came to the place where I, I am with my departure from the, even the dependence on the Jesus, because I had Jesus to this fullest extent that I believe a person can have a Jesus, uh, you know, my dependency on Jesus, my dependency on God. And I realized that that did nothing for me as far as helping me heal from the inside. I had that all those years, but still had a heavy dose of depression. So my thing was, well, Jesus, if you were there all that time, why weren't you helping me? <laughs> you know? Um, and so I realized that, um, you know, it, it was my job to do it. And, uh, I rolled up my sleeves and went to work. And in the last two years, while you've been recognizing your trauma, like what, besides talking about it, I'm just curious, are there any other things that you do where maybe talking about it doesn't help or has talking about it led to another trauma? <laughs> <laughs> so just curious, like what are some of your other processes for healing from trauma? Well, I, I've always been a very, very deep thinker, e even though through my religious experience, I suppress that part of, of my ability to think things through, you know, really think about things. Things had to make sense to me. And I would think about it until it made sense. If it didn't make sense, then I would have even more questions. But what, what, I, what I started doing was I do a lot of talking, but I also just set myself time to, to think about things. And as I was thinking about it, um, I would see them as they were at those moments. Uh, you know, my father, the guy, the man that raised me, I, I hated him most of our time together. It was a pure hatred as I got older because I couldn't understand why he seemed to hate me, the way he disciplined me, the way he dealt with me, you know, and, and I know things are different today than it was then, but, um, you know, when I got spanked by him, he beat me as if he hated me, and I didn't understand that, you know, it's really hard for a little boy who is, who, who inside is, will, will do anything for the approval of this man he believes is his father, and you know, realizes that at least to himself, maybe I'm the issue here. You know, I, I must be the issue. I must be so bad that he has to do these things to me. 
And um, so, you know, when I, I, I started thinking through those things, that was a big part of the trauma, you know, the, the self-hatred that developed from those things. Um, and, 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 and as I thought more about it, and as I began to see those inside come to life and, and it pointed to, this is why you, you, you hate yourself so much because of this and this. And I thought I saw those things as I was thinking about them. And then the, the, the pain, it was tremendous pain would just flood out. And I, I was crying more over the last two years. I've cried <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> no, I, you know, I couldn't, I, I, had, I had to pull back from interviews and shows and things because I would turn into a sobbing mess in the middle of a show, <laughs> you know? But it was authentic and it was sincere. And I knew I needed, if I needed to cry, I was going to cry. I was Because I, I just felt like- The tears flow when they need to, right? Yeah, I, it, I needed yeah. to do. Yeah. Um, so it, it was a lot of talking, it was a lot of thinking. Um, and it was a lot of, of, of um, you know, I didn't, I didn't do a lot of, I did have a few people that I, I felt instinctively kind of led to. And, and they would offer key wisdom in those moments. And um, so it, it, was, it was a lot of that. It was a lot of talking and a lot of thinking. And because that's how I always process things through, through the thought world. It sounds like you're a mental meditator. I'm, I'm familiar with many people who do that. My, my husband is a mental meditator. You know, I'm like, mm -hmm. let's go outside. You know, let's get in yogi position and let's at the sun. And he's like, I'll think about it. You go do that. <laughs> I'm going to think and you go yoga. <laughs> no, no, that's cool. Everybody has their own way. And I think that's great. Um, because what I, you know, that's interesting. I, I recently just read an article about someone who, um, he decided one day randomly he was going to go take a walk oh. and it was during his lunch break. Cause all of a sudden he noticed what a lovely day. Oh, and there's this, there's this park here. I've never noticed it. So he took a walk, 20 minutes goes by. He starts to realize he's lost. He doesn't know where he is. And he's like, whatever. And he keeps going. And he said, he, he kept hearing a voice talking in his head. And throughout the duration, he's on this hike for two, three hours. He said he finally realized it was my own voice. It was my thoughts. I couldn't remember the last time I had heard my own thoughts. Wow. And I was like, oh, my goodness. No, here's the, here's the thing. This is common for people, right? Like one of my closest friends, I, I joked with him. I said, when's the last time you sat and listened to your thoughts? He's like, I think it's been three years. And I'm like, wow. Wow. Do you think that might be one of the problems, right? Because he's just going through different issues in his life. And I'm like, maybe you have to slow down and stop doing so much. But we are on this robotic grind, right? As a yeah. society and even good Christians, right? They, they praise and defend hard work and capitalism and, and commerce and consumption and good Christians do this. And, and, and I'm like, um, it has us running all around like little rats in a race. And yeah. I kind of don't even think... Jesus was trying to teach us to do that. Jesus was like, I took 40 days, y'all, you know, yeah. follow me. Where's yeah. our 40 days, right? Like, or even right, 40 right. hours, you know, yeah. something that I recommend to my clients is 40 minutes. 
you better give yourself 40 minutes a week. I know people can't give themselves that much every day. Let me give yourself 40 minutes. Your goal is 40 days, right? Your goal should be 40 days. And I mean, that's my goal. And I've got kids and everything, but rest and respite and stillness and solace, right. Mm -hmm. And and solitude and being in our thoughts and people are scared of that. They're petrified. I don't want to think. And I think, well, yeah, that kind of makes sense because humans tend to be a little lazy, right? We want the least resistance, least work possible. Um, And so we want other people to think for us and then lo and behold, they do. And that (laughs) creates you know, more chaos, but I think that's very important to really allow yourself to get in your thoughts, because if you don't, you're going to be going, Oh, I think it's been three years, you know? And then you're like, yeah, you know, listening to yourself. If you're not listening to your mind, you can't be hearing your heart then and listening to your heart. And then what are you doing people? Yeah. So, so in the last two years where you've been going through all of this and recognizing like, Whoa, crap, this was a trauma and I should probably deal with it. Um, what positive benefits are you seeing that are you seeing any, I'm always curious about this when people go through transformation is like, do you notice like all of a sudden you're like, Hey, I forgot about that part of me that Kyle right. all of a sudden just showed yeah. back up. And I was like, yeah, yeah. man, where you been? Yeah. Has, have you had any of those experiences? Yeah. yeah. I call them aha moments. Um, I'll, I'll wake up or I'll just have a moment where a part of me returns and it's like, um, I'll see everything about it in a moment of a time. Like, for example, I'm, a, I'm not an arguer, like in relationships, I'm, I'm, I was never the arguer. I can't recall an argument that I self-started. I'm going to go in here and show her, tell her, you know, I, I, maybe I have once, but I can't recall a moment where I see something, heard something. I'm like, I can't wait to, Ooh, yeah, we're going to get in it. it. Not me. I do remember vividly when I started dating, um, let's say for whatever reason, because this is high school stuff. So, you know, we're in teenagers, high school, you know, she gets an attitude. She's upset. I didn't come over. I didn't walk her home, whatever, whatever. And she, I don't, you know, she gets upset. I go, Okay, well, see you later. You know, it was easy for me just to depart from a situation and just keep my peace. And because it, 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 you know, that was just me. Like, I'm a calm, cool, happy guy. But over time, as as more stuff got suppressed and I got lost in this religious uh, model and I got lost in this calling that was never really me, and I, I lost so much of me and I became an arguer, not a, still not a self-starter, but well, hey, listen, we're going you, 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 to get in it. We're going to get in it. And then I found myself like talking to, to people in relationships that I would never have thought I'd talk to someone this way, you know, calling your stupid bee and, you know, you're just so dumb. And, and these words be coming out of my mouth and in, in the back of my mind, I'm like, who is this person talking right now? And, you know, and I'm so embarrassed about that. I'm so incredibly embarrassed about that, that I was a season in my life where I talked to people this way in moments of anger, frustration, whatever, and which I never thought was okay. And, um, and I remember one day about, you know, six months ago, it's like, I woke up and said, 
I'm back. That, that, that non-argumentative person is back. And it was, it felt so natural. It felt so right. It felt so easy. It felt like, yeah, I'm never doing that again. Because I had, I had rediscovered that part of me. And so it was things like, that's just one example, but it's been things like that. I, I referenced a lot this eight-year-old boy because it was at eight years old that I saw my whole life, everything I wanted to be, everything I wanted to do, everything that I, who I was, everything about me. He would daydream for seemingly hours and he would see himself and he understood himself and he showed me who I am. But he got, you know, that, that vision got lost. So through the last two years, that eight-year-old boy's back, remember this? Remember this? And I would go, yes, I do. Like I, and it, so it's been a lot of those, I call them aha moments. But yes, it's been so many of those moments where I came back to me, I rediscovered me. Found, and I get so excited about it. I always call somebody <laughs> and say, guess what? I, I rediscovered a part of me. And da, 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 it's because it, it's, it feels so incredibly good. I can't describe how good it feels to find you because it feels like home. It feels real. It's so, so, it feels so right. And I, it's like a drug now. It's like, yeah, but it, it also that. lightens your load, right? Like, exactly. I feel like yes. I can relate to that a little bit in the last like month or so. There's just been a lot of different changes going on in my environment. And I feel like I just woke up one morning and I was like, you know what? I'm just grateful. Yeah. I'm just attitude of gratitude. I'm, I'm done. I don't want to complain. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be reactive. I just, and it's been like three weeks, three and a half weeks now. And I've been waking up every morning and I'm just grateful. Right. And I go to bed every night, just grateful. And I just think, you know, the world is what I, I see it as. And I just declared I'm seeing it as great. And yeah. Yeah. Fuck everything else. Like, I don't, yeah. you know, cause there are so many vicious looming and targeted and hostile and aggressive, like frequency of fear advertisements everywhere. Yeah. And they can become so heavy and overwhelmed. I mean, cause like, I would say like the beginning of, of this year, I was like in panic mode, prepper mode, like, Oh my God, like the whole world's going to collapse. And I just kind of stopped and went, Okay, it will if I keep thinking it will, maybe. So yeah. what do I want my world to be, right? What right. do I want my world to be? And my world is small, right? Like there's only so much I can touch in my world. But I feel like sometimes we just have, we wake up with that switch, right? And it's like you step into another layer of who you are because right. you were willing to like remove that stupid label that was like clogging mm-hmm. you up and, and keeping you from flowing, But even so, you know, just to speak on this a little bit, and maybe you can offer something to people are scared, right? Like every time I have conversations with people, they're like, did you hear, you know, did you hear the the railroad strike and, 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 and now we're sending more money and and immigrants in Martha's Vineyard. And, and, and I think, how, what, what is a great message that you can just deliver to people to like, it's the word you're using departure. I love it to help them depart 
from that division and disconnection and energy drain? Like, are you, are you experiencing this in your circle where people are like, dude, do you think we should stock up on water? And like, dude, do you think the world's going to, is it revelation apocalypse, you know? And like, what are you saying to people like this? Now, despite the, the moments of my confusion and depression and moments of life where, um, you know, I was, I was going through little moments, I've always been a very positive and optimistic person. You know? So that part never departed. You know, it, 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 it was the predominant part of me for most of my days and the way I, my outlook on things. And that, 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 is, that has come back even stronger now than it was before. Um, and like you, one day I woke up and realized, because uh, I had gone through the, the almost two years of the fight, right? So there's the pain, there's, there's, there's all this stuff you're, 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 you, I woke up, I used to wake up every morning just wanting the pain to end. And at some point it had gotten so dark that I thought of, of self-harming myself. And I never thought I would even consider such a thing, but the pain was so intense. I just wanted the pain to end. And I can understand now, I can fully understand and empathize with anyone who feels that way or has, because you just want the pain to stop. And it seems as if there's nothing that's going to make this pain go away. And, and so, <clears throat> and I, I, when, it, when I came out of the heavy part of that, I was still dealing with the daily pain of all these remembered events and issues and things. And, and then I, I had this tremendous feeling of loss. It was, a, it, was, it was as if I had lost, physically lost the closest person to me, which was this false version of me, as I realize now. But I, I used to feel this incredible loss and it was just pain. Um, so, and, I, and I, had a, I had a tremendous amount of regret and tremendous amount of, you know, a feeling of disappointment. Here now I'm 50 years old and I haven't done anything with my life meaningful and I've wasted all this time in this and da, 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 you know, so I, I was going through all of that as well. And then one day, one day I was walking to Dunkin' Donuts to get a, call, some, a donut and, um, and I heard from within, Kyle, you're okay. And it was like, once again, all, everything came back to life. And I said, that's right, I am okay. And it was at that moment again, I, I just, okay, Kyle, now, what are you gonna do? You're gonna take your life and it's gonna be what you always wanted it to be, a happy, positive, uh, optimistic life. And this is how you're going to wake up every day. And this is how you're going to see life. And that's, that's what it is for you. And this is how you're going to feel every day. And if you get into a moment that you, you start to feel this other stuff, you remember your life, you're in control. And, and so I don't really see a lot of the, the negativity and the, the, the fear because I never really saw it. Actually, I never really, really saw it. Um, and, and there was, you know, I'm sure, uh, cause I, I, again, I'm very nonchalant and I'm very like, yeah, well, we'll, we'll see what happens if it happens kind of person, you know, <laughs> too. Um, but right now, especially my sister told me something about the possible, uh, revel strike. I didn't even know that was a possibility. And she go, Oh, you know, everything is so high and things might go up because of the rebel thing. And, and I was like, Oh, I didn't even know that was going on right now. Okay. 
Okay, so there you go. Kyle is not, you know, pro- you're probably not getting the crap I get. Let's put it that way. Yeah, but, yeah and okay. I'm not, yeah, I'm not connected. So yeah, can I back? You're 50. I would have never put you over 40. I would have put you at 35. So yeah, yeah. wow, you look it's, great, it's the, buddy. It's the black don't crack thing. You look good. <laughs> Could be happiness and positivity. That's what they say. Too, well, you know, know what? I, yeah, joke, all yeah. joking aside. Um, I don't know if you if you're Facebook friends with Dawn Shell, but um, she lives here in Jersey, and we had been wanting to connect for a while, and we just we just you know would say okay yeah yeah we're gonna connect because we 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 enjoyed each other's messages, and so we finally had a chance to meet uh, last year. It was around October or so last year, and we met at a Starbucks to just you know have a formal conversation. And, you know, we talked about trauma. We, you know, there's a lot of stuff we're talking about right now, deconstruction, trauma and healing and things like that. And, you know, she's, she's on that, that side of it as well. She's a lot like you and in, in that profession with, with, with helping people, you know, get through stuff in life and see, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so we, it was, I thought, you know, it was a pretty good conversation. We had it was about two hours. And then we, we met up again last June, this past June. And the first meeting, I was there before she was. The second one, she was there before I was. So she's outside, and I'm walking to the Starbucks. And when she sees me, I notice tears start filling up in her eyes. And I'm like, oh, what's going on? And she goes, oh, my God, you look so much better. And, you know, I had this huge smile on my face. She saw yeah. She saw the difference in, in, I guess, the weight of everything I was going through, the, the darkness I was going through. I guess it showed. It does. And she just looked at me and stared at me for several moments of, you look so much better. And I said, ah, hell, I feel much better. <laughs> yeah. No, there's a lot to that, you know. Um, and, you know, you contemplating self-harm. Um I'm sorry you got so dark. That's sad. My my son tried to kill himself this past March. He uh, he took a knife to his wrists and to his neck, and his girlfriend found him. And his dad was on the scene, and he survived. He was so close to death. Um, and I joked with him. I said, "God didn't want you yet. You're not done." You know. Um, but that is a place where too many men are falling. Sorry, I'm getting emotional. Just yeah, I've not I mean, spoken about my son's yeah, suicide that's, publicly that's, at all. And I mean, so, I, I feel that because yeah, I remember what it's there's like. There's a darkness. Yeah. And his was from heartbreak, right? He was going through heartbreak. And I mean, I remember being there, but I fortunately had a couple of backstops, right? I thought about suicide, but I have kids. And so I always, I think I got lucky in that and my son didn't, but it's such a darkness that takes hold of more men than women, especially yeah. in our country. And just to kind of speak on that topic in that vein, to just like for listeners out there, it's understandable why you want to go that low and why you just want to end it. But like, please yeah. know, like if you need to call me, right? Like, yeah. like that was the thing I was like, I talked to my son all the time. Why didn't he call me? And I realized that people don't want to be a burden, but it there's just 
I would rather be there for every single person who's feeling dark and low than for them to go through that. Um, I I really appreciate you being vulnerable and sharing that because that's a real part that a lot of people don't like to talk about because they think you're crazy, right? Only crazy people would try and end their lives. But I think you're crazy to not consider it because this life can get heavy and bleak and you know, that's an option, but you know, there is the grace in God or creator sometimes that does talk us out of that. And so that's right. like, that's a, I think a benefit if even if you come out of bad religion, right. I think there are some, and you probably find this too, right. There's still some foundational, like, like yeah. values that you have that uh-huh. maybe were derivative of your Christian influence, but like, you can tear all that away and see, maybe that was just like a divine human, like protocol for us. Right. right, right. Mm-hmm. And that there is a reason for us to be here. And there is that, that grace of God that wants us to like, God is for us in this world, even though the world is not. And so, yeah, all of that. We just had a little emotional moment there. Let's wipe our tears. (laughs) Check the mascara. I feel like Kim Kardashian. I don't want to cry. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so, well, let's try and get into um, um, a more happy. Oh, hold on. One second. I okay. have a warning popping up on my weather. And okay. So I just have, oh, shoot. What happened there? There we go. Okay. Sorry. I have, I have a thunderstorm coming, but that's okay. Ooh. We're still here. Okay. Um, so what... What is, I, so I'm not a future planner kind of person, right? I don't like go, what's my five-year goal or anything, but what's, what's on your horizon? What's on your like hopeful horizon in like the next year? Um, I'll just say just on your vein of TikTok, right? Like, cause I mean, you're probably like me, you use it for an intentional purpose. You're trying yeah. to get a message out there. What is your on your hopeful horizon for the next year? Like what kind of message do you want? Do you think that like you would like to make sure that people are hearing that can kind of pull them on that optimistic, hopeful outlook that you have, like, right. Not follow Kyle and Kyle's the Messiah and your savior and your model, but like, what's your, what, yeah. What's your hopeful horizon, Kyle? My, My most hopeful horizon for people and humanity is that and I think we're, I think we're trending there. I, th- I think we're trending there because there's a lot of energy in this vein that's, that's here that we will continue, continue to see our self value. Mm. I think it's, I think it's an insult to, let's say if the Genesis story of creation is real and, and this is how it actually happened in the sense of, you know, a, a divine God creating us in its image and its likeness, then anything less than every single person believing that they are a divine individual is an insult to that creation story. It is a direct insult to that uh, creation story, which is another reason why I, I believe the Jesus narrative as it exists in today's Christian version is an insult to that story as well. Because if I came here as a created being in the image and likeness of the divine creator, then why do I need a Jesus to make me holy, make me righteous, make me whatever, whatever, whatever? I mean, I came here this way. So again, I think that's where this version of Jesus is so so distorted 
because it slaps in the face our very beginning and our very value and our very origin and our very uh, being as, as who we are and what we're capable of and what we can do. And like you talked about the children that come out just instinctively knowing how to be good and do good things and da, 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 da. And everything else is learned. All of it is learned. Everything after I love is learned, <laughs> you know? So yes, yes, yeah. yes. Everything is learned after I love. Um, crap, I just forgot my thought. I was going to jump in on something. Darn it. Why I do that? I interrupted my thought. Um, it'll come to me. It'll come to me. No, it won't. Crap. Kyle, you just said something really great and I wanted to speak to it, but darn it. Um, we came here. Thank you. That was it. No, that, no. Cause it was something I was just talking about with my kids at dinner. Right. Cause my kids are like, who are you interviewing? And so I told them and my son saw some of my notes, my older son, he saw some of the notes I had written down with your name on it. Right. For the podcast. He's like, Oh yeah. Throw the baby out with the bathwater. That guy, is that who you're interviewing? I saw your notes. And I said, yeah. And he's like, so yeah, I agree with all that. He said, for me, he says, why do people want to convince you that you're not enough? Like religion says your existence is enough. And I'm like, exactly. The very fact that I am here is a miracle. When you consider the sperm competition to create right. this being right to create right. you. Yeah. And it is a miracle to be here. And we are validated by our existence. Yep. Period. End Bingo. of story. I am. I am. That's it. That. Yep. yep. You'd need nothing else, right? Just you are. And uh, the lies of society, the lies of the constructs, the lies of the labels and, and the sex and, and, and all the divisions, right? You, you're not enough unless you're not enough right. without this. You need to do this. You're not enough unless you do this and allege to this and pledge to this. And we're enough. I am enough. I am enough as I am. And why that can't just be, you know, genuinely accepted children get it right. Going back to children, right. like, right. You, you know, with my kids, I'll be like, you're, you're so creative. I know I am, you know, yeah. Yeah. they know. And yeah. it's like, well, we stopped doing that. Don't we? We're just like, Oh, am I? No, 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 I'm not. Yes, I am. Uh -huh. <laughs> but I've also, I've also kind of curated that whole affirmative. I am approach in my household, right? Like Good. If I hear someone say like, I am tired, even I'm like, do you want to be tired? Don't say I'm tired. Say I'm waking up. Right. Or something. Flip it. Yeah. Invert it. So that like what you're saying affirms who you are. It doesn't like take away from who you are. It doesn't That's diminish beautiful. who you are. That's really so, good. Yeah. 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 Oh, good stuff, Kyle. This has been good. I am so glad that you took my invitation and you spent uh, this time with me. I really appreciated it, but I am going to let you go to be courteous of your time. Okay. And oh God, really, thank you. And the, and the whole like emotional sharing really meant a lot to me. So thank you for that. Um, going forward, Kyle, will you please let the audience know where they can find you and hear your hopeful horizons? Um, <clears throat> if you, well, you can find me on TikTok, of course, uh, Kyle underscore talks is my, I guess, handle or name on TikTok. You can find me at Facebook, Kyle LB 23, uh, which is probably where I do most of my stuff. Um, but if you go to Facebook, you can get the links to YouTube and 
Twitter and find your channel Instagram and subscribe. Yeah. yeah. And all that good stuff over there. I don't do a lot of stuff on YouTube and I, I'm, I'm getting a little bit more active on Instagram. So Facebook and TikTok. And it, if you do go to TikTok, there is some inspirational, encouraging, quick little mini messages out there about yes, you know are. life and stuff like that. But that platform, I'm, I'm really using it mostly for people deconstructing uh, that have questions. Um, you know, I'm, I'm trying to use a bit of sarcasm and some questioning and some some hopefully, I think, thought-provoking stuff, um, not telling you what to think, what to do, what to believe. Tell, I'm not telling you that you're wrong. Just perhaps saying, if this is true, then what about this or that, 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 that kind of things. Um, but I, I want to say this too, in that platform, I'm learning how to, to, to perfect that craft. So some of the earlier videos might be a little rough, you know, <laughs> you know, but I'm learning how to perfect that craft because I, I wasn't used to doing the videos, you know, that way I would generally just type something out and it seemed to work better on that side. Yeah. But there are some stuff there and I'm getting, I think I'm getting a little bit better on how to deliver it because I don't want to offend anybody. Let me make that very clear. I don't want to offend yeah. anybody. I, I don't want to, I don't want to give anybody the impression that I think you're stupid or anything like that. Cause that's not, that's not going to help anybody. I'm, I am a thinker. I like to challenge the narratives and, but I don't consider people the narratives. I think yeah. the narratives are what they are. The people are who we are. I once believed all of the narratives I'm challenging. So if you take the impression that I'm calling you stupid in one of these videos, well, I'm calling my former self stupid as well. So <laughs> please yeah, don't think I, that. I think that's very prevalent throughout kind of like your evolution is that you are just challenging what you believe. You're yeah. just challenging what you believe and you're putting it out there and articulate it and expressing it for other people, which I think we should do because it helps other people like find confidence in being able to challenge what they believe. Right. But I think that's very prevalent um, with all you do that you are intentional, that you are challenging your own thoughts and ideas and that you're just trying to be a model for others so that they can figure out how to do it too. And I think that's great. I will Thank be you. sure to put all of your links in the uh, note show notes for the podcast and seriously, I love you, brother. Thank you so much. I love this you too. And thank you for having me again. I really appreciate it. We'll have to just make it an annual thing and like, we will do that fun stuff. Okay. Sure. All right. Well, you take care. Have a great evening. Thanks again. You too. Thank you. Thank you.